This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Welcome to Dishy Mix. I'm your host, Susan Bratton. And on today's show, you're going to get to meet Connor Galway. Connor is the director of social media marketing at an agency out of Vancouver, Canada called Junction Marketing. And Connor's a Dishy Mix listener. He reached out to me and told me the story of his business and how the agency was formed and the kind of work that they do. And I really liked him. I really liked his thinking and wanted to have him on the show. So please welcome Connor Galway. Hey, Connor. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, dear. How are you? I'm fantastic, thanks. So I love your story, your coffee shop start. Will you just tell Dishy Mix listen? We love new ad agents. We, we <laughs> love new agencies. We love young guys starting out. You know, that's such a great story. And the fact that you started out in a coffee shop and you've now got this kind of unusual location. Just tell us a little bit about how you got together, the company, what it's been like for you, et cetera. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you know, ironically, we never planned on being an agency at all. Uh, it all started one day, it was a couple of years ago, during the Olympics, actually, uh, when there was a lead up here in Vancouver. Everybody's really excited. We knew that this, this new big exciting thing was going to be happening here in Vancouver. Um, and a bunch of guys who didn't really know each other very well sat down and we said, let's do something really awesome for this. So we looked around and we saw there wasn't a whole lot of resource out there for people who wanted to track uh, Olympic hockey and especially Olympic hockey betting um, because of course betting on Olympic events here in North America isn't legal but we just wanted to create a resource and, and a place for people to come for information um, so we, we built that and we had a blast doing it I mean of course the Olympics here were this great success they were uh, so amazing oh I just have goodness. to say something about the Olympics hosted in Vancouver I was so impressed with all of the uh, the native, the indigenous people of Canada and how that they were featured in the opening ceremony in all their ceremonial dress. And uh, I was just, you know, I, I've always been, I've always had a really warm spot in my heart for the indigenous people of America, of you know, United States. And it I was just, I loved seeing all of your Canadian Indians, if you will, doing all their dances and everything. That was beautiful. Oh yeah, I mean, we we love the opening ceremonies too. I I thought that was just fantastic. Really, well, I tell you what, we were pretty nervous as Canadians though when that fourth pole didn't come up. We we're all thinking, oh no, what's going to happen here? The whole world is watching. But <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. The whole thing was beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah, we were proud of it. You should. But anyways, be. yeah. So the the Olympics ended, and we looked back, and we found that you know, to be honest with you, that the project itself wasn't a resounding success, but we had found a whole bunch of ways to drive a whole bunch of traffic and create micro conversions on the site. Oh uh, yeah, that's music to everybody's ears. Totally, oh, we found right? a whole bunch of ways to get really cheap traffic and drive conversions. Like you're talking our language, baby. Exactly. Go ahead. And What'd we, you do? We, we all had marketing backgrounds, but we didn't know almost anything about internet marketing at the time. So it was just, it was about creating compelling content and finding keywords that people weren't optimizing well for and that kind of thing. And we, we, when it was shareable, of course, we got tons more traffic. Looking back now, we think, oh my goodness, we could have done all of these things different and done that's so much better. But it just gave us a little bit of a taste. Um, and then from then, we started to work on another project, another project. And we looked back and said, hold on, we have all of these businesses who want to work with us now. 
let's make this a business. Um, and so next thing you know, we were incorporated and we found a couple of coffee shops that we like to work out of. Um, and then we started spending way too much time together. And then there was four of us, four directors all started uh, a screen world media is what it was called at the time. And how did you end up as junction marketing and tell us about your new digs? Mm, oh, I'd love to. Uh, we, uh, after about a year of running the company and working with some small businesses, actually, we started in the bridal industry, believe it or not, four of us writing articles about this year's trend in <laughs> silk and lace and what, what kind of pump <laughs> you should wear. Um, and uh, so then we, we graduated a little bit and we realized that uh, our company had gone in a bunch of different directions and we needed to brand very specifically about what we were doing. Uh, so we created a, a marketing agency called Junction Marketing. Um, and the, we have three people dedicated to that. Uh, specifically to junction marketing, as well as uh, some people who generate some of our content and do some of our graphic design. And we just moved into uh, a new office, this big, amazing new office that's in Vancouver. Um, if anybody's in town, come check us out at 6th and Manitoba. Um, but yeah, we, we have, frankly, way more space than we need. And uh, we'll, we'll sit there and we'll have to actually Google chat with each other because we're so far away from each other. But it's, it's a blast because, you know, every day is a little bit different and we have production people from the, the film industry. We have actors and producers and that coming through here. Um, it's just a really good time. And I love working with these guys. So you have one of your guys, Tim Howard. He's hanging out in San Francisco right now, right? Actually, that's right. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why the office feels so empty right now. Um, Tim has gone down on a bit of a fact-finding mission down into California. Um, he's based out of San Francisco right now, and he's making some really amazing contacts. I mean, so far, he's hooked us up with the Bing guys, um, and they've been just beautiful to work with. Uh, he's sitting down with Yammer in the next couple of weeks, and he's just, just chatting with all these different people who we work with online um, and making connections about the ways that we can create symbiotic relationships down in California right now. And it's been really beneficial. I'm really looking forward to seeing what else he comes up with. So essentially, anybody who wants to make a connection with a hot up and coming digital agency out of Vancouver should call Tim. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, his name's Tim Howard. He's an Australian guy, actually. No way. Yeah. He's a guy's a beauty. Um, and it's not boring having coffee with him. I guarantee you that. Nice. All right, good. So if you have an opportunity for an agency, bring it on. And are you ever doing work uh, as a sub agency for other agencies, like outsourcing things? Would you be interested in having agency clients of your own? Or do you really want to stick with the small medium business? Or what's your what's your niche? What are you trying to attract as far as clients? Interesting. You know, it's funny because we've, we've really diversified in the last little while. To answer your first question, um, yeah, we are interested in, in subcontracting because we find that a lot of the times we're dealing with these large creative agencies. Um, one in particular that we're working with right now is, a, is one called Quitters Unite. Um, they're, they're run by an agency called Context Research here in Vancouver. Um, and they did an amazing campaign last year where they engaged a whole bunch of people they got them on their website and they had them voting and engaging in all kinds of interesting ways, but they didn't really have a handle on how to, in, to connect with their audience um, to, to actually like have that conversation and to turn people from voters and viewers into brand advocates. Um, so that's one of the places that we pick up on and that we'll, we'll execute that. We have community managers who can get out there and, and uh, actually track what's going on um, and make sure that they're getting the, the return that they want out of their campaigns. And what is Quitters Unite as a campaign? It's, it's a non-smoking campaign. What's the goal or what are you trying to accomplish? How could other people support you if you needed some help with that? 
I love the question. Thank you. Because, yeah, it's a project that I feel really passionately about. Um, the, the angle of the campaign is that what they're trying to do is to create this, this perception of not smoking as being the, the cool crowd rather than talking about the negatives of smoking. We've all heard about, the, about cancer and about all of the, the smell and nobody wants to hang out with a smoker. And that's been beaten to death. And frankly, I think that our target demographic, which is young adults, uh, is tired of hearing that. Um, instead, what we're trying to do is create this culture of, of pride um, and the benefits of not smoking. Um, so we're going to be launching a campaign in September um, around that. This is going to include videos. This is going to include some, some engagement on the street. Um, so yeah, if, any, if people are checking out quittersunite.com, um, go there and keep an eye on that because September we're going to have some really cool content, some videos that are going to be up there that I would love if people would just share. I mean, they're going to be hilarious. Um, I can't wait to start filming, to be honest. Um, and yes, I, I appreciate any help in that regard. I like the pride and uh, absolutely the cool kids don't smoke cigarettes. So I wanted to ask you something about that too. What was it? You said something. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. I wanted to tell you something, not even ask you something. This is really interesting because I agree with you that the positive side of non-smoking, that kind of aspirational or motivational piece, it's not surprising that you would go with a campaign direction of that. I'm launching one of our new products for Personal Life Media. It's for guys in relationship who, you know, they've been in relationship with their wife or their girlfriend for a few years and, you know, the intimacy's slowing down, right? And so that's a problem. And in information product marketing, you're looking for a problem that you can solve. That's how you figure out what people want and need. You know, you start with your keyword research, et cetera. And so we've been testing headlines. And what I thought was really interesting about the headlines, and I've written and tested close to a hundred headlines across seven, well, five of our landing pages have headline tests on them across five pages. And as I've gone through the iterative process, what I realized was that all the kind of negative, you know, exacerbate the problem kinds of headlines didn't work against my goal, which my conversion goal was get them to watch the video sales letter on the next page. And uh, the positive, inspiring future, you know, what your life's going to be like when your problem is handled seem to be doing the best. And so it doesn't surprise me that going, you know, with Quitters Unite, going with the positive would make sense. I was surprised by that. I thought they would react to more viscerally the negative about how bad it is. And they aren't. So live and learn. I mean, every party's different. You got to test it. But, you know, it reminded me of that. I couldn't agree more. And you know what? I, I find that traditionally, that's what we want to do. We want to reach out to people and say, you have a problem. But, you know, the reader, he knows he has a problem. Uh, he, he doesn't need to be told that. What that's he wants why is a solution. Here. Totally. I know. Duh. Smack me in the side <laughs> of the head, Connor. So um, one of the things when we were talking and getting ready for this Dishy Mix interview you said the social media revolution is over. We're done playing traditional metrics apply. And I think everyone would agree that there have to be some metrics around social strategies. And you also said that marketers should adhere, I'm quoting you here, the best social media marketers adhere to strict campaigns with defined targets. Now I'm going to argue that point with you a little bit. I agree with you that if you're doing a campaign, you should have targets and measurability. But what about programs that should just be in place all the time, like social listening programs and things like that, that are not campaign mentality, but are, are in fact foundation programs? So that's what I wanted to get some 
you know, some of your feedback on was, do you think about it as foundation and campaign? Or do you only think about social as campaign? Or do you just say when you're doing a campaign, you should be measuring the ROI? Where's, where do you fit in all that? I'll start off by saying that I absolutely subscribe to this Vaynerchuk uh, philosophy that, you know, that you can't measure the ROI on good customer service and reaching out. I think that's completely, completely valid. Um, and I think so some, sometimes I move past that a little bit and I assume that it goes without saying that we're going to be good to our customers and that we're going to listen to what they're saying um, and that we're constantly going to be in touch with that because it's, it's our businesses. It's, this is what we care about. Um, and there's nothing more important than creating meaningful relationships. Um, that being said, to call ourselves marketers, I think we need to be actually driving results. Um, and so rather than uh, you know, playing the game the way that it was a couple of years ago when I first got introduced to it, where we would just set up a Twitter account and set up a Facebook account and run it passively and have conversations and hope that that improved business. Um, the way I see it moving now is that every successful marketer I know is setting timelines and setting we need to hit targets by this time. And these are the targets we're going to hit. And these are how we're going to hit them. Um, because positive feeling is fantastic and it's essential, but it's not measurable. Hey, you sounded really good right there. That was excellent. <laughs> Just some, like, uh, uh, some positive feedback halfway through the show. That was awesome. Great. I appreciate it. <laughs> totally. So I would like to ask you what you think about Twitter, Facebook, and Google+, and just how you're rationalizing those in your mind right now with regard to, let's just say, from the perspective of a small-medium business, which is most of your clientele. They're going to be in the small-medium business. You're not probably doing things for the multi-billion dollar companies yet, are you? Or, or, or are you? No, we're certainly not working with Skittles yet. Um, and I'm not sure if that we ever want to be. It's, <laughs> it's a cool space, um, but I'm much more passionate about the, the relationships that happen between small and medium businesses and their customers. So that being said, what are you as an agency guy thinking on behalf of your small, medium business clients about the state of Twitter, Facebook, and Google Plus? I love that you brought up Google Plus. I mean, I've been going a little bit nuts about that for, over the last month. I think it's, it's, I mean, we throw around the words like game changer all the time, but it's, it has the potential to completely turn everything we do on its head. Um, that being said, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Quora, anything that, any other tools that we're using are just simply that. They're, they're tools. Um, and that's why we start out every campaign with uh, a target and a timeline, because I, I can tell you for sure that Twitter will be around for the next couple of months um, and that we'll be able to get these levels of engagement, this many clicks and this much return based on Twitter in the next little bit, if it's right for your business. Uh, it might not be. And anybody who says that Twitter is right for any biz every business um, is probably overestimating it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know you didn't want to be mean. Right. Yeah, yeah right. Um, but Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, is not necessarily applicable for every business. So what I think that gets back to my original point that it's important to set objectives. And once you have those objectives, then you can figure out which tools from the toolbox are necessary. Google Plus will very soon become Google Plus for business. Um, and then we'll have to figure out which objectives those can hit, whether it's just uh, salience or engagement or actually if we can drive conversions through Google Plus. Um, but each one of the tools has its own specific qualities. Describe to me your perspective on how Google Plus compares and is different to Facebook and Twitter today. 
You know, I think a lot of that will have to do with the way that the crowd reacts. Um, right now, all we, we're seeing right now is early adopters. Um, we're seeing that all the, the most active Twitter users and the people who we used to see constantly chatting on LinkedIn and Quora and that. Um, but when the mainstream starts to adopt it, I, I think it'll be interesting because um, there, are, there are people out there saying that it, this is going to take over for blogs and other people saying that, no, this is just going to take over for microblogging. Um, but really, that, that's the beautiful thing about the Internet is that we never really know is that it's up to the crowd to see how it wants to use a particular tool. Um, it may well be that it becomes MySpace and it, it takes over the music sharing industry. Um, but right now, I think it's an incredible place for sharing knowledge and information. Um, like I'm seeing engagement on there like I've never seen in any sort of social media realm. Um, and for example, I can post a question um, about literally like, for example, how to record a podcast. And I'll get 10 responses in a minute and a half Whereas Twitter, Facebook, anything like uh, anything else like that, you need to be a massive, massive personality on there in order to get that kind of engagement. I mean, Why Vader's, is that? You know, it, it's curious, and, and I wonder if it's just because of the it's a small community right now, and we're all bound on Google Plus because it is a, a small amount of people who are on there. Um, but you know, my experience has been so far that it really is a mashup of Facebook and Twitter. Where Twitter, I would feel comfortable talking to anybody. It doesn't matter who he is or where he's from or she is from. Um, but on Facebook, we just talk to friends. Whereas Google+, Plus, we're seeing a, a little bit of give and take on that. And I think it's because the world online, we saw five years ago us move from having pseudonyms online to being real people. Um, to now we're being real personalities, but we're also reaching outside of our comfort zones. And I think that's a really positive thing for the future. I really like the circles on Google+. Uh, that is the thing that I never found Facebook giving me enough, uh, enough simplicity around. You know, we got the bloat of having too many people connected with us on Facebook, and then we couldn't have our channels of privacy and selection in an easy way. It was too hard to go back in time and put 5,000 people into some kind of organized format. You know what I mean? Mm, totally. And uh, with Google Plus, it's like a fresh start. So you can do your circles the way you should have done them on Facebook. And I really think that's going to have a massive impact on the, you know, the, the way that people start to channel their communications. And, you know, it, it's reflecting a lot of, of what we're seeing online right now in the way that we interact with our data online now, much more in the way that we interact with things in real life. For example, now in circles, you can put people into the same types of circles that you have them offline, which I love because, you know, I'm not going to talk about this weekend's party with all of my business contacts, but I can do that on Google Plus now. And similarly, we have all of our business meetings now on Google Plus because we have a... We have a team of four directors, yeah. and we all work remotely. So we're in, we're in three different cities right now, but we know 10 a.m. every morning, we're all there. We have a hangout, and we can chat, and we can talk about whatever. We talk about you know where we went out the night before, and then we can talk about work plans for the rest of the day. Um, and it's fantastic. And we, nobody else gets shared on that. It's just our little circle. Um, and it's a way that we can share in a social forum um, without including the rest of the world. Yeah, I love that. All right, so... You have a lot of experience creating Facebook pages for your clients, and I wanted 
you to give us some tips in this show, some very actionable tips. And before you do, will you just give us an update on what you see are the key benefits of a company having a page on Facebook and what things you see working well, some best practices, some clever ideas? How can we not only engage with prospects and customers, but use Facebook pages to convert more prospects to customers because that's the goal, sell more stuff. So with it, thinking about it from the perspective of that, give us an update on your perspective on Facebook pages. Facebook pages are you know, pre-Google Plus, the number one most amazing opportunity that's happening online right now. Um, it's the, the opportunities on there are just like boundless. It's You have almost the same functionality on a Facebook page page now that you, we used to have on websites four or five years ago um, in a much more uh, user-friendly experience. And the most, the most incredible thing is we have 750 million people already living there. We don't have to make them click out to go anywhere. They're, they're on Facebook. Um, so yeah, to speak specifically to some of those points, um, the Facebook pages can now be a lot more than just a static image where we go and put posts up and we hope that people love our brand. What we can do now is we can do all of the interactive things that we used to do on a website, whether it used to be you know, displaying video, getting people to comment on things, or actually selling products right on a Facebook page. Okay, so tell us more. Okay, um, for example, specific things that we can do uh, on that Facebook page is uh, using, using a traditional page doesn't cut it anymore for a business. Uh, what we need to do is we need to be building in customizable features. And for anybody who has uh, some grandfathered static FBML pages, congratulations, that's awesome. And uh, I want to work with you because I love them. Um, and the day that Facebook took static FBML away from me was one of the most depressing days in my office. But <laughs> since then, we've rediscovered uh, applications and uh, some of the, the freedom that we have with that. Um, and companies like North Social and Smash Lab have really opened some incredible opportunities for us that we can now do things that we weren't able to do with static FVML um, simply because of you know, small to medium business, uh, the, their, the budget sizes they have and some of the restrictions that we had. But we can do things like customize meta and share tabs and things that, that would have been very difficult in a static FVML page. Um, that, that being said... Uh, what has what I've noticed in the last little bit, um, and I'm not sure if I'm not sure if this is if everybody's seen the same thing, but Facebook is allowing a lot more uh, of static FBML to be shared across multiple pages. And what I mean by that is, um, I got a bit of a tip a couple of days before static FBML was shut down that this was happening. So I went crazy and I added like 20 static FBML tabs to all of my pages. Um, and now what I'm finding is that all of my new pages that I create. I'm able to transfer that to my new pages and I'm not losing the volume of my original pages. Um, so anybody else who has static FBML on one page, I'd recommend give that a try. See if you can transfer that over to another page and to another and to another, because it may well be that for the foreseeable future, we still have that functionality available. So that whole FBML thing is a little confusing to me. Can we talk more from, because I don't do the technical side of things. Can we talk more from a consumer's perspective? So if you are a small, medium business and you want to create connection, you want people to like your page, 
and you want them to interact with you and you want to create content or experiences that they can enjoy, what are, and I know you like Splash Lab because they have custom Facebook solutions and you like North Social for already in the can applications that you can add to Facebook pages. Give us some examples from a consumer perspective that a business could use or do that would increase the number of likes and the number of interactions of prospects. Of course. And the the first and most obvious example is give your customers something to look at when you first get to the page. Um, and I hope for a lot, of, a lot of people this goes without saying, but rather than landing them on the, the wall right away, interact with them somehow, create a brand resonance experience um, where they get to see what you're about, maybe a little bit of information, very graphic design heavy, or you can go in the direction of something like Red Bull, who's had insane success on their Facebook page, which is they simply put a can and they put an arrow and they said, like our page. Um, and it's increased their, their likes insanely. And we tell, their, we tell our clients a lot of the times that you can do one thing with that first Facebook page. It's to create an experience or to get likes. Um, a lot of the times it's the likes because then at that point you can take that person and we all know the benefits of a like on Facebook. We can remarket perpetually to somebody. Well, explain that a little bit more. Don't assume that everyone knows. So okay. how would you, once you get the like, what is a way that you can remarket? How do the mechanics of the remarketing to that like person work? Okay. Um, once inside the page, wh what we like to do is take a person, we call to action them to like the page. And then once inside, we can then interact with that person much in the same way that you would on, on a website. You, you have their flow of information go in a certain direction. Um, and very often, it's nice to hold back one piece of content somewhere on the page. Um, because if the, it's possible that the person may have come to your first page, liked what you had to say, but may not like to click the like button. <laughs> um, and would be finding out what you are in your info tab and your video tab and that kind of thing. Um, and one of our preferences is to find one, one nugget, one thing that people really, really like to see um, and like it. Now, this has been a debate that's been going on in, in our industry for a little while now is when is it right to like gate your content? And by like gate, I mean allow only people who have liked the page to see whatever it is that you're displaying. Um, and personally, I'm not, a, I'm not a particular proponent of like gating, but I do like to keep that one nugget behind. Because if the person doesn't act on your call to action on the first page, then they get an, another call to action at that level. And they realize that, I, yes, I do get rewarded for being a fan. And yes, we are giving something special to somebody who's interacting with us. Um, and then once we get that like, once that person has interacted with us, then we appear in their news feed and we can, we can give them specials and offers and that kind of thing. And we can bring them back to the page uh, with more messaging and more calls to action in the future. Now, what are some of the Facebook pages besides Red Bull that you think are very well done and are really kind of belong to the church of what's happening now? What's really the latest that you like? To be honest, Susan, there aren't a ton that I love. <laughs> there are not a ton that you love. Um, well, I really, really like what Skittles has done. Uh, they, they have great interactivity on there. Um, uh, keep an eye out for the Quitters Unite page. That one's going to be awesome. All right. Uh, it's a little plug there. And, and then uh, Reef Point Cottages is somebody we've worked with here in BC. Uh, they're a great example because they're somebody, they're a very niche product in that they're a fishing cottage up in Euclid, BC. Um, and they have a strong but small following. So we're looking at about 400 likes on the page. But 
just from that page, they're able to convert 30 bookings per month in addition to another 30 from their other social efforts and another 10 from their SEO. So it's, it's, a, it's all about small and powerful for some clients, whether it's somebody like Red Bull, now they're looking at 10, 20 million people and they're doing an amazing job. And finally, uh, there's one that was built here out of Vancouver, uh, the EA Sports page. They've, they've done a cool thing at the top on their banner where they've pulled all of the likes from all of their different pages. They aggregate it and they show it right on the top of the EA Sports home fan page. So clearly showing the family association there and then showing just how popular they are and how many people they like, like it. Because who, who doesn't like to belong to a large thriving association? Now that's a good strategy for a lot of umbrella brands. I could see that working really well for Starwood with all their hotel chains and things like that. I agree. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, I'm going to check those out. I'm ever fascinated by Skittles because they just are so willing to try the latest things, which I really appreciate, you know? Yeah, that Skittles tree was one of my favorite campaigns ever. I, I, if you haven't seen it, check out studio-facebook.com. It's one of the featured campaigns. Okay. Uh, the guys did a great job with that. Oh, I don't even know about studio.facebook.com. That's very interesting. All right. Yeah, it's where a lot of the coolest things on Facebook are happening right now. And I recommend if anybody's working with Facebook and like some in, uh, inspiration about some of the coolest projects in the world, uh, a lot of European things are posted there right now. Um, the studio Facebook is, is awesome. And it's where I go to every time I'm starting a new campaign just to see what's new and happening out there. That is excellent. I will definitely check that out. Thank you. Are there any other things that uh, you use to get uh, your creative juices flowing? When you have a new project and you're trying to see, you know, God, what should I do? What's the latest new thing? What's your process for that? You know, we always start with a more traditional approach because um, my opinion is that this is not new. What we're doing was not inv invented in the last five years or the last 10 years. It was, you know, it started in the 20s or in the 10s when, when, when marketing was really born in, the, in its current form. Um, so what we do is, is much like what any other traditional advertising or marketing agency would do is that we actually get there. We go to the, go to the client's business. We get involved with their customers. And then online, in the online world, we read forums. We uh, interact with some of the customers in, like, as ourselves rather than as the client. And then from there, build what the objective is and then start looking at tools in order to uh, achieve that objective. Uh, I think a lot of the times... Uh, us as internet marketers, we forget that there's an offline world and we forget that the customer experience in an offline sense is the ultimate goal a lot of the time. Um, and we need to experience that ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And are there any particular kinds of brands or categories that you've never worked in that you've always fantasized would be the super great fun project for you? You know what? I, I've found, at least in this environment, that everybody migrates towards food and beverage. Um, and as much as I think it would be fun to work in that industry, and it would because you get a lot of food, you get to go out. Uh, <laughs> get a lot of food. You're so cute. <laughs> come on. Who doesn't like good food? Everybody. <laughs> we, we've shied away from that just because they're, it, it's so competitive and there just isn't a, a ton of value. Where I think the next step is and where I'm really, really looking forward to working um, is NGO and into uh, government organizations that are, are causes. Because there's so much goodwill out there and people are just dying to be a part of something that means something. Um, and that can benefit so strongly from not only from social media, but from all kinds of online marketing, be it advertising or be it search engine optimization. Um, so the Quitters Unite is an example of that. And that's a direction that we're definitely trying to move in. 
That's very nice. Yeah, they tend to be resource constrained. That's the only downside to going after the nonprofit world, right? You know what? My experience has been quite the opposite. Okay. Uh, that a, a lot of the times, uh, not specific to this ca- campaign, but in general, um, these companies are very used to bus stop ads and they're very used to billboards. Um, and they're, they have people who are in charge of making these large purchases. And when they look at the internet marketing world, it becomes clear very quickly that they can make a much bigger impact for a fraction of that budget. And some of the feedback they get sometimes is, well, the government won't give me this grant next year if we don't spend all of it. <laughs> That's music to your ears, I know. <laughs> That's music to everybody's ears. Get the word out, exactly. Well, listen, Connor, I have really enjoyed speaking with you. I'm really happy to hear about Junction Marketing and congratulations on your new location, your awesome, huge, spacious offices. I know you're going to miss the coffee shop now. (laughs) Uh, Well, not as much as you think. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. And uh, I hope that uh, you get a lot of connections for Tim Howard in San Francisco. We will, when Quitters Unite launches, send it to me and I'll push it out to my network so that other people can like it and support that because we want people to stop smoking. That's good. We'll check out your um, your favorite Facebook pages in the studio.facebook.com. That was helpful. And I really like these North Social and Splash Lab companies. I wasn't even familiar with those. So you've serviced a lot of great information for us as Dishy Mix listeners. You know, just even keeping up with what's happening with Facebook pages is a job unto itself these days, isn't it? Oh, no, no kidding. It changes almost every week, it seems. Yeah, it totally does. So um, yeah, all the best of luck to you. And uh, I hope that your business is fantastically, you know, profitable and exciting and fun and that, you know, in 10 years, you get acquired by some big agency holding company and you get to retire and surf around the world for a couple of years before you start a nonprofit to, you know, save one thing that that needs to be saved in the universe. That's that's where I'm thinking for you right now. <laughs> You're awesome, Suze. Thanks very much for the support. Um, and anybody who wants to get in touch with Tim, he can be reached yeah. at tim at junctionmarketing.com. He'd love to hear from you. Good. That's great. Thanks for saying that. I, I should have asked. All no right. Worries. Connor Galway, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show today. And I am your host, Susan Bratton. I hope you have an awesome day. And I really appreciate you connecting with us on this show. Take care. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.